This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. The Matrix is a computer-generated dream world built to keep us under control in order to change a human being. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Ping.tv. Join the discussion at Ping.tv slash gold. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Dustin Gold Standard. My name is Dustin Gold, and you are listening to pain.tv slash gold. I hope everyone is doing great. It's Sunday night going into Monday morning, ladies and gentlemen. Yesterday, I decided to take off. All right, I am building my escape route, so I had to take off yesterday. Now, I'm working on a lot of different stuff, and uh, I've got to take a day off here and there. Yesterday, actually, I was working hard. I was working hard on cooking dinner, ladies and gentlemen. I cooked a lamb doner kebab, homemade pita bread. I had it all puffed up in the oven. Then I made this lamb doner kebab sludge. And cooked that in the oven like a brick, and I was able to shave that off and uh, stuff the pitas with some salad and some tomatoes and onions and yogurt, and then the lamb meat, and then on top a little spicy cayenne mayo that I mixed up myself. So that's what I was doing yesterday, cooking my wife a really good meal, ladies and gentlemen. So I hope you all had a wonderful weekend. As you know, we are very close to finishing up industrial society in its future. We've been talking about what a uh, ideological revolution against the system would look like. But tonight, I am going to take a short break. We're going to return to industrial society in its future tomorrow. Uh, because there's some things that have been piling up on my desk. People have been sending me questions from the audience. There, there's lots of stuff. I mean, dozens and dozens of things you guys are sending me, but I want to address a couple of them. And then I have a video I want to share with you that Maria Albanese, co-host of the Thomas Paine podcast on Friday, sent to me. I don't think anyone has seen it yet because it came out on January 19th, my birthday, on the World Economic Forum website. It was a conference that had to do with brain transparency technology. So Maria sent it to me and asked me for my opinion. So I watched it the other night, and I decided I'd share it with you, because as far as I could see, and I could be wrong, I didn't do a long search, but I could not find it on YouTube. So I would assume most people have not seen it unless you've been trolling the World Economic Forum website. So we're going to go through that and analyze that for you right now. I want to do it while it's fresh because it is very important, folks. So I'm going to take a step back from industrial society and its future, and we're going to review that tonight. Uh, Coming up, we are going to have 
a discussion with Wide Awake Jim and Maria Albanese on the same show. They have committed to doing that, and we are going to start to war game solutions and messaging talk about how we can reach younger folks what the message is going to be i have some ideas about some video campaigns that i'd like to put together jim and maria have been going back and forth talking about a short micro video series as well as a documentary so rather than just go back and forth and war game this stuff in text message i said to them listen I brought it up to the audience about having both of you on at the same time. I got a lot of emails. People are really interested in that. So let's do it as a show instead of just texting back and forth. So they're going to do that. I've got a series of other guests lined up. Hopefully, I'll be meeting with Farmer Carol this week at her house to record because I saw her yesterday. She's going to come on and talk about gardening and farming in harmony with nature. She's going to talk about what kind of foods at the grocery store are actually organic and not GMO'd. We're going to get into all that stuff. I've got a couple of guests that Wide Awake Jim introduced me to that I'll hopefully be talking to this week. One of them was a cattle rancher. He knows all about how the majority of these organic cattle ranchers are vaccinating the cattle. So he's going to come on the show. Jim's got another guy who is a specialist in water engineering. So we're going to talk to him. I've got a couple of people that were slated to come on a few weeks ago who had to reschedule. One is a pastor. Another one has been studying artificial intelligence compared to end times uh, for many, many years. And another guy who is a specialist in dna he's a scientist he's going to talk about the magic of dna and then dana he was on the show somewhere around episode 50 he's going to come on he wants to talk about end times and have a follow-up conversation with the discussion i had with the guest mark from pain.tv slash gold so lots of guests coming up folks lots of guests it's going to get really interesting here I'm going to finish up Industrial Society in its future. I'm going to do a little bit of background on the author of that paper. We're going to get into Cycle of Civilizations because I want to show you guys that civilizations go through cycles. So if we can break away somewhat from the technological system, even on an individual basis or as small communities, you know, eventually, yes, technology creeps back in and we end up where we are today. But that's natural. It's going to happen. It should not prevent you from wanting to pull away from the system uh, right now. Had an in-depth conversation with my father today, who, you know, was on the show as a guest, uh, I don't know, around Thanksgiving, I believe it was. And every time I talk to him, I want to pull my hair out because he's a Fox News conservative and he keeps telling me that Donald Trump is a hero and he's coming back to save us, even though my father uh, understands so much of this stuff, but then he can't wrap his head around the idea that the answer is to free yourself. Uh, from the system he still thinks somehow we're going to save everything and he's always talking about the drag queen story hours and all this other nonsense and i said dad that's ingrained in our culture now uh someone else on twitter just reached out to me right before the show and was talking about how the um you know, all these crazy tweets that we see with these transgenders and cross-dressers and this nonsense. And I've just got to tell you guys, so that you can have peace of mind, that is our culture now. 
whether we believe it or not, or whether even the majority is into this, which I sometimes believe they are, because go on Facebook and just look at your old high school friends. They are all down for this stuff. They're all virtue singling. They're all uh, social justice warriors now. Um, What I tell people is, listen, just get used to it or start to make plans to move to a really rural area, disconnect from the internet, the TV, and your smartphone, and guess what? That doesn't exist anymore. It's like uh, the running uh, joke, which isn't really a joke. I know people that work in and around the Amish community. COVID didn't exist in the Amish community because they didn't watch TV. So stop beating yourself up as you're being slammed with all this psychological warfare stuff and realize that's the culture whether real whether fake whether engineered whether propaganda it's the culture because the system says it's the culture so either get used to it or separate yourself from it tune it out all right a guy who lives in the middle of the woods with no internet does not have a problem with drag queen story hour that stuff is going to drive you crazy folks and it's there to drive you crazy so separate from it if you don't like this stuff being taught in your kids schools pull them out of the school and homeschool them this is the only thing you're going to be able to do you're not going to stop it and even if you stop one little thing there's 50 more things coming directly at you all right something that keeps popping up and i have so much i could i could just rant for two hours today on everything that people are sending me but i've got to really just kind of boil this down and talk about a few important things here that have been piling up on my desk number one wide awake jim went on a business trip about a month or so ago and he was sending me pictures on his trip from south carolina all the way to texas and it was all of the different gigantic cell phone towers with all these boxes and satellites hanging off them it was all of the poles with the new cameras all down the highway all these new led lights i mean he probably took a hundred pictures Someone else from pain.tv slash gold reached out to me on my Twitter DM talking about the same thing. They took a trip to go see Legal Man of the podcast, The Quash, at a get-together he was having uh, right before Christmas, I believe, in Texas. And they took a trip. Uh, It was them and their husband. And they said they saw these cameras and poles and everything all over the place. Now, I'm sure others have covered this stuff. I'm not going to go in depth on this today. I have been working on this and researching it because I planned on doing shows and explaining to you what all these devices are, these new cameras are, what they're actually doing with them, uh, how they put them all up, a lot of them during COVID land when everyone was locked up in their house. So I'm going to do some shows on that, but they're not coming for probably 10, 15, 20 episodes. So I will just mention it now because I see there's more and more people taking notice of this stuff. And they're saying they're driving through these rural areas in the mountains and they're seeing these huge towers that are supposed to be cell phone towers with all these boxes and gizmos and devices and satellites and panels hanging off them but yet they have no cell service so we're going to eventually get into that right now one of the things i want to address for folks that don't realize what's actually going up in and around your towns 
uh, your cities, even out in some of the rural areas right now, these uh, black poles or these aluminum poles that you're starting to see or at least take notice of, they're called smart poles, okay, smart poles. And I'm sure, again, there's people that have done a lot of videos on this stuff. I haven't watched them because I'm doing my own research. I'm just going to touch on this briefly for the first segment or two. I'm not going to go into depth because, again, I have future shows planned for this. I've been collecting videos from the companies that are manufacturing them. So we'll really go into depth on what the smart poles are. But right now, I'm just going to show you. This is an article from September 2022 from uh, Benzinga, B-E-N-Z-I-N-G-A.com. Smart poles market size worth $39 billion USD by 2030 at 20.7%. Uh, CAGR, COVID-19 Impact and Global Analysis by Emergent Research. So let me just read a little bit of this to you so you understand the overall smart pole market. And I'm just going to show you a couple of the manufacturers. And then right after that, I'm going to quickly address smart dust because a bunch of people have been asking me about that. Again, it's a topic that I've been doing research on that I'm going to talk about in future episodes, but I'll touch briefly on smart dust. And then we're going to get into this World Economic Forum discussion on brain transparency so we can loop back to industrial society and its future uh, tomorrow and tomorrow's episode. This says smart polls market size USD $7.52 billion in 2021, market growth at a CAGR of 20.7%, market trends, rising demand for 5G technology globally. It says the global smart polls market size was $7.52 billion in 2021 and is expected to register a revenue CAGR of 20.7% during the forecast period, according to latest analysis by Emergent Research. Market revenue growth is primarily driven by rising demand for established robust infrastructure for proper traffic management and surge in adoption of connected devices and latest technologies for a variety of tasks. Smart poles are being widely used in important locations such as public spaces, roadways, highways, harbors, and railways, and by governments of many cities to offer Wi-Fi connectivity to their residents. In addition, smart poles are ensuring a positive future development with a wide range of applications and growing public awareness. Businesses are optimistic about rising investments in the architectural, engineering, and construction sector. To acquire a competitive edge in local, regional, worldwide markets, all businesses should engage in research and development initiatives and design talents. This is surging demand for smart poles and hence driving market revenue growth at an exponential rate throughout the forecast period, but established business will face fierce competition from startups. So, What's going on is you're seeing these smart poles go up everywhere. Why? Because everywhere is a smart city, folks. You don't have to wait for them to just build a smart city that you're going to move into. They're turning everything into a smart city. All of it is being connected. Uh, One of the functions of these smart poles is they act as these uh, 4G LTE and 5G sort of um, replicators. I was reading about that on one of the company websites that actually builds these things. So you're seeing everything now becoming a smart city. 
the folks from pain.tv slash gold that reached out to me on Twitter. They said, I believe they saw these things going up in their town. They started trying to find out what they were. They said, you've got to talk to the town council because they approved them. The town council pretends they don't know anything about it. They write to the mayor. The mayor won't get back to them. You know, this is just a product of the system as we talked about in industrial society and its future there is no such thing as sovereignty when it comes to a local community any longer because all local communities are being connected up to the system and once the local community relies on things from the state government from the federal government relies on public utilities relies on being connected up to the internet to manage their local community they've lost all sovereignty they've given it away because because now they rely on all the technologies that come from centralized control, from the system. That's what you're seeing happen here. I'm going to talk a little more about this, then we'll just touch on smart dust briefly. Uh, and this should just whet your appetite for what's to come in the future as we do an in-depth review on smart poles. And on these new cell towers you're seeing up go uh, going up everywhere, I'm going to talk a little bit about that in future episodes. All right, folks, I'll be right back. This is Dustin Gold with the Dustin Gold Standard right here on pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv. Join the discussion at pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Payne.tv. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are back from the break. My name is Dustin Gold. You are listening to Payne.tv slash gold. And this is the Dustin Gold Standard. All right, folks, we're back here at Benzinga.com. And uh, it says some of the key participants in the smart poles market industry include Signify Holding, uh, Acuity Brands Lighting Inc., Eaton Wolf Speed Inc., Hubble, Savant Technologies LLC, that's GE Lighting, Lumka, Eftronic uh, Systems, IRAM Technology, Siemens, and Wipro. So there's a whole bunch of players here. And on this site, you can get a copy of a PDF copy of the Smart Poles Industry Report. And in here, they are actually tracking the whole market report on the growth of the Smart Poles Industry. So if you're interested in digging deep, you can get that. I have a copy of it, which we'll go through on uh, future shows. But some of the key highlights from the report, you know, include uh, Cyclu announced an initiative with Schrider to launch the first ever wireless smart pole shuffle. This new wireless smart pole features all the latest equipment for smart city services and gigabit wireless connectivity provided by Cyclu multi-hall line of radios all built into a sleek street light unit and it goes through all different kinds of stuff here folks it gets into global smart poles market research objectives um they talk about the segmentation a lot of information i'm not going to go through all this right now just making you aware it is on my radar i know what it is um essentially what's happening here think of it like this uh, they are building the prison planet all around you. We know this, right? So it is a free-range prison, uh, possibly free-range within a 15-minute radius. If you end up in a 15-minute city, 
uh, segment of the Technate. But basically, these are to monitor the prison yards. Your home or your apartment will become your prison if you're living inside one of these smart city uh, segments here. Okay, that will be your prison. And when you walk around, it's a free-range prison, right? Just like a free-range chicken farm. You can walk around, but you're still fenced in. And so the technology becomes the fence. My guess is... And hopefully I'm going to find some more information on this. Uh, All this stuff's going to be connected up to your digital ID. It's going to be connected up to the central bank digital currency. This is going to uh, tell them where you are at all times. Let me just show you, because it's not conspiracy theory. Uh, These things aren't just popping up because uh, World Economic Forum showed up and started putting them in your backyard. I mean, this is all strategic. It is done through city councils. Here's a company here, Hapco, H-A-P-C-O.com. And they are selling right here. Uh, AlumaSmart aluminum poles for Hapco provide innovative multi-chamber poles and accessory mounting systems for use in small cell and smart city applications. So they've got a diagram here. They have the smart chamber, perfect solution, uh, perfect signal isolation solution. They've got the smart track, which is a patented pole and accessory mounting system. They've got a smart base, which is room for smart accessories and equipment. And it says right here, smart pole solutions for smart cities. I call them dumb poles for stupid people in stupid, dumb cities. That's what it should be called because uh, anyone who would be cheering this on is cheering on their own enslavement. And so they have a picture of one here, which looks like a light pole. And up on top looks like some sort of a smokestack. And it says Hapco offers an industry-leading selection of aluminum smart pole options that are flexible in design and future-proof. These smart pole solutions allow for an integrated design that aesthetically blends into existing urban landscapes. Meaning most people won't notice that they are living in a free-range prison. It says Hapco is an industry-leading manufacturer of smart lighting poles, DAS, and small cell solutions for today's smart cities. Smart pole solutions from Hapco allow architects and planners to use imagination and creativity in implementing designs that are unique to their overall project vision. We design and manufacture custom solutions that turn concepts into realities, delivering small cell and Internet of Things smart pole designs that are ready for whatever connect the technologies the future may hold as smart cities connect existing and future digital technology to their infrastructure multi-use attachment requirements will continue to grow all right and so what i'm showing you here it's not a conspiracy theory anyone who tells you it's a conspiracy theory doesn't know what they're talking about or they are some kind of controlled opposition or misinfo or disinfo agent all right because there are tons of these companies, these manufacturing companies, building this stuff. They're building this stuff, and it's going up. You're seeing it. It's not a conspiracy theory. It goes on to say right here, smart pole applications, 5G and 4G connectivity, small cell antennas, security cameras, meter boxes, Wi-Fi antennas, batteries, street signs, banner arms, fixture arms, plant hangers, solar panels, and detection sensors, detection centers. All right, and so let's go over here. I'm not gonna go into depth on this company right now. Let's look at this one. This is continentalpole.com. 
and they have a smart city poll system. I've sent people this diagram. I'm going to pull it up on the screen right now for you folks at pain.tv slash gold. And this is a diagram of a smart poll system, smart city. And it's got applications, and you can see emergency info release, road surface monitoring, bridge detection, right? So they got a poll doing bridge detection. They've got a safety card helps uh, call. So they have one there where somebody can, like, make a call. They've got a micro base station. They've got one showing it transmitting Wi-Fi signals. They've got one which is distributive uh, water logging sensor, the info display, tunnel water logging, please bypass. They've got one that shows um, uh, RFID reading. They've got one for environmental monitoring. That's uh, PM 2.5 wind temperature, humidity, noise. I've actually seen them talking about ones that are like carbon readers. They've got a charging pile for an electric car. They've got a municipal property monitoring. They've got emergency monitoring. And then they've got an intrusion detection uh, where, like, if you're not allowed to park, it's going to tell you you can't park, all right? So now you've got uh, over here, they're showing a ceramic lamp holder. And this has a Sansi modular street light, adopts the structural design of air convection, honeycomb, and proximal uh, uh, cooking, ensuring the fastest heat transmission. This is all about the new like LED lights. If you've noticed these really bright lights shining down on the highways and on the streets, that's what this is all about. And then over here, they're actually showing a diagram of the pole itself. This is function of a smart pole system. And so it has sensors, environmental monitoring in cities, noise sensor, air pollution detection, temperature humidity sensor, brightness sensor, monitoring municipal buildings. Right. Then they have a video monitoring section with security monitoring, vehicle monitoring, people flow monitoring. Folks, this is free-range prison technology. Start calling this free-range prison. Uh, RFID, special populations monitoring, uh, manhole monitoring, community security monitoring, and municipal uh, facilities monitoring. Then under the section emergency call, it says active broadcast from the monitoring senator to the field. That means they can talk through the poll. Many of you guys may have heard an interview uh, back a couple of years ago, right around Christmas. It was about the week after Christmas of 2020, I believe it was. I knew a guy in Nashville. I was living there, and I got him on Mike Moore's show on the Thomas Paine podcast, or maybe it only came out on the hot wire. And uh, he was a builder who was refurbishing a home in the blast area after the Nashville bomb where the gentleman who was chasing lizard people, at least that's the official narrative, tried to blow up the AT&T building. Well, there was a smart pole there that this guy saw. This was the beginning when people started taking notice of this. And we were told that the police were talking through the smart pole to this guy while he was supposedly sitting in his van. 
Now, interesting part, folks, I tried to Google that yesterday and look for it, and I couldn't find any articles talking about it, even though we know that is to be true. So there was a smart poll right near where this AT&T blast went off. Uh, It says intelligent lighting, cellular cooling technology, light distribution based on brightness, intelligent single tamp centralized uh, controller, variety of optional modular designs you have wireless network a micro base station a wi-fi access point i've read some of this technology and actually says these become 5g replicators where they can basically take in a weak signal and amplify the signals uh information display this is an outdoor three uh, millimeter pixel pitch LED display, display brightness, uh, advertising news, local guidelines. So basically, it's like a uh, iPad hanging off the side of the thing, and then a charging pile for electric vehicles. All right, and so you can go down uh, through this website, and you can look at their solution. Now, let me just show you. I'm going to go back to Google here. If you guys are interested, just put in smart poles into uh, Google. And you can literally go down and you can find all these different companies. There's a company, Lumka, uh, Elcope, uh, Telelink-City, all these different manufacturers. Uh, TVA, this is a company out of Johnson City. Uh, I mean, there's all types of manufacturers building these smart poles, which are the sensors for the free-range prison that they are literally building all around us this is to monitor the prison yards it's going to be to monitor the co2 emissions this is probably how they're going to start to further tax folks you know based on their city emitting too much co2 i mean it's it's here folks it's real there's companies building it it's not a conspiracy theory it's all front and center there's no secret agenda here this is what they're building. They're telling you they're monitoring everything and they're used to track people and the population and the flow of folks and the flow of cars. This is a prison. I mean, that's what it is. There's no other way around it here, folks. So anyone who's telling you this isn't real when you see these things or you're crazy, just tell them Google smart polls and go look at the dozens upon dozens of companies, manufacturers that are competing to build smart poles. In my future series on this, I'll get into some of the investors behind it. But it's not, to me, it's not even really a big deal. It's like you telling someone there are smartphones and they tell you that's a conspiracy theory. There's no such thing as a smartphone. I mean, this is a real thing. It's a real industry. As they say, by 2030, it's going to be a $39 billion a year industry. Ladies and gentlemen, I'll be right back. I got to run some ads so I can build up a portfolio of $39 billion. All right, I'll be right back. It's Dustin Gold with the Dustin Gold Standard right here on pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv. Join the discussion at pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Payne.tv. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Dustin Gold Standard. My name is Dustin Gold. 
And you are listening to pain.tv slash gold. All right, folks. So that was it. Just quick preview to Smart Pulse. So you know what you're seeing. You don't have to freak out, ladies and gentlemen. They're here. That's what it is. They're building the prison planet system around you. And they aren't doing it. We are doing it. I mean, I'm sure in your life you probably could find someone who goes out and installs these things on behalf of some cable company. Maybe he works for Department of Transportation or something, Department of Public Utilities with the city, and they're installing these things. Or they're a contractor, or they are a uh, some kind of... Um, you know, blue-collar worker that works for a contractor for the city. They're going up all over the place. Uh, and we'll eventually figure out how many are out there. But that's what you're seeing. And when you're going down the highways and you're seeing all the new lights, all of those have this new technology as well. All right, right now, uh, I'm just going to cover this quickly because several people wrote me about smart dust. Not smart dust in, just smart dust. D-U-S-T, dust. And uh, I will cover this in depth as well in the future. I have some good videos on Smart Dust that I'm going to show you. But uh, I don't, I don't want to veer off the course of finishing up industrial society and its future. I'm going to do that tomorrow. But I just want to put this in there because you're asking and I'm trying to answer folks as uh, stuff comes in. And this is an article at Forbes.com from September uh, 2018. And this one will come up. If you Google smart dust, this is going to be one of the first articles that you're going to find. So I'll cover this quickly. I'm not going to go in depth on it again, just introducing you to this. So, you know, it's not a conspiracy theory. It's real. When you hear people talking about this, this is real. It says right here, imagine a world where wireless devices are as small as a grain of salt. These miniaturized devices have sensors, cameras, and communication mechanisms to transmit the data they collect back to a base in order to process. Today, you no longer have to imagine it. Microelectromechanical systems, MEMS, M-E-M-S, often called moats, are real, and they very well could be coming to a neighborhood near you, whether this fact excites or strikes fear in you it's good to know what it's all about again this is why i try to introduce you to this stuff so you're aware of it uh what can smart dust do outfitted with miniature sensors mems can detect everything from light to vibrations to temperature with an incredible amount of power packed into its small size, MEMS combines sensing, an autonomous power supply, computing, and wireless communication in a space that is typically only a few millimeters in volume. With such a small size, these devices can stay suspended in an environment just like a particle of dust. They can, one, collect data including acceleration, stress, pressure, humidity, sound, and more from sensors. Two, process the data with what amounts to an onboard computer system. Three, store the data in memory. And four, wirelessly communicate the data to the cloud, a base, or other MEMS. It goes on to say here, folks, 3D printing on the micro scale. Since the components that make up these devices are 3D printed as one piece on a commercially available 3D printer, an incredible amount of complexity can be handled and some previous manufacturing barriers that restricted how small you can make things were overcome. 
the optical lenses that are created for these miniature sensors can achieve the finest quality images. All right? So, again, this is very real, folks. goes on to say, practical applications of smart dust. The potential of smart dust to collect information about any environment in incredible detail could impact plenty of things in a variety of industries from safety to compliance to productivity. It's like multiplying the Internet of Things technology millions or billions of times over. Here are just some of the ways it might be used. Now, we've covered the Internet of Things here uh, in great detail. You probably want to go back and listen to that show if you have not done so. So let's look at some of the ways that they might uh, use smart dust. One, monitor crops in an unprecedented scale to determine watering, fertilization, and pest control needs. Of course, they're going to put all these things that you would say, well, how could we not live without that? Folks, this is prison planet technology. This is building the free-range prison. Remember, these guys at the top want to control everything. Technology is designed to enslave humanity and destroy human freedom. That is its sole purpose. Whether the folks at the top are doing that intentionally or not, this is the only logical conclusion as to where technology goes. The enslavement of humanity and the complete and total annihilation of human freedom. Number two, monitor equipment to facilitate more timely maintenance. Number three, identify weaknesses in corrosion prior to a system failure. Number four, enable wireless monitoring of people and products for security purposes, okay? Because you're the prisoner, right? Did you see that? You're the prisoner, folks. Five, measuring anything that can be measured nearly anywhere. Number six, enhance inventory control with MEMS to track products from manufacturing facility shelves to boxes to pallets to shipping vessels to trucks to retail shelves. Number seven, possible applications for the healthcare industry are immense, from diagnostic procedures without surgery to monitoring devices that help people with disabilities interact with tools that help them live independently. Oh, how could you argue with that? You're evil and you hate grandma if you don't agree with smart dust. Number eight, researchers at UC Berkeley published a paper about the potential for neural dust, an implantable system to be sprinkled on the human brain to provide feedback about brain functionality. Shall I repeat that for you? Researchers at University of California, Berkeley, published a paper about the potential for neural dust, an implantable system to be sprinkled on the human brain to provide feedback about brain functionality. And we're going to get into brain functionality in the next segment. It says disadvantages of smart dust. There are still plenty of concerns with wide-scale adoption of smart dust that need to be sorted out. Here are a few disadvantages of smart dust. Of course, privacy concerns. Oh, yeah, but don't worry. They always find a way to get around that. You'll see that in the World Economic Forum video. It says many that have reservations about the real-world implications of smart dust are concerned about privacy issues. Since smart dust devices are miniature sensors, they can record anything that they are programmed to record. 
Since they are so small, they are difficult to detect. Your imagination can run wild regarding the negative privacy implications when smart dust falls into the wrong hands. The wrong hands, the wrong hands are the people that are creating it. The guys that invented it, the people that thought it up, the innovators, the technologists, the technocrats, the transhumanists, they are the bad actors, ladies and gentlemen. The people that dream this stuff up and create it and bring it to life are the bad actors. There is no hacker under a bed in his mom's basement in North Korea that's the bad guy. It is your government. It is Silicon Valley. It is the people that sit at the top of the food chain. It's the bankers who fund this. It's the folks who want to control the natural world because they want to play God. That's the wrong hands, folks. It doesn't need to fall into any other hands than the very hands that it's already in. Control. Once billions of smart dust devices are deployed over an area, it would be difficult to retrieve or capture them if necessary. Given how small they are, it would be challenging to detect them if you weren't made aware of their presence. The volume of smart dust that could be engaged by a rogue individual, company, or government to do harm would make it challenging for the authorities to control if necessary. The authorities are the ones that are releasing this stuff into the wild. It's the authorities who you have to be afraid of it's the authorities who are your enemy let's continue cost as with any new technology the cost to implement a smart dust system that includes the satellites and other elements required for full implementation is high until costs come down it will be technology out of reach for many well you know who will be able to afford to reach it the government the state the technocracy that's who's going to deploy it and they'll probably do it under the guise of one of their private sector partners which is pretty much every single publicly traded company at this point and they need a satellite system to run this well gee what do you think in part starlink is doing elon musk government front company run out of spacex the article goes on to say what should you do to prepare i don't know run for cover folks run for cover that's my suggestion it says the entities who have led the development of smart dust technology since 1992 and large corporations such as general electric cargill ibm cisco systems and more who invested in research for smart dust and viable applications believe this technology will be disruptive to economies and our world yeah folks all government front companies it goes on to say at the moment many of the applications for smart dust are still in the concept stage in fact gardner listed smart dust technology for the first time in its gardner hype cycle in 2016 while the technology has forward momentum, there's still quite a bit to resolve before you will see it impacting your organization. So chill out. Everything's fine until it's not. Goes on to say, however, it's important to pay attention to its trajectory of growth because it's no longer the fodder of science fiction. We might not know when it will be progress to the point of wide scale adoption, but we certainly know it's a question of when rather than if. Again, folks, this is Forbes.com written in 2018. Now, there's plenty of information out there on Smart Dust, plenty of videos of scientists and technologists talking about it, not people like me and analyzing it but folks who are actually explaining the technology to other bad actors who want to deploy the technology 
Do you not see now? Smart poles, smart dust, smartphones, smart devices, smart cities, smart everything, folks. It is just a free-range prison technology. It is how they are going to monitor everything and control everything from you and me to nature itself down to the last little mosquito that they will inject with a so-called vaccine or graphene oxide, or maybe they'll just put wings on one of these MEMS, on one of these pieces of smart dust, a smart dust particle, and they'll call that a mosquito. And it will be flying around monitoring everything. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to your prison planet. Does industrial society and its future, written in 1995, not sound prophetic at this point? Think about that, ladies and gentlemen. I'll be right back with the World Economic Forum discussion on brain transparency. Get ready to have your mind blown. My name is Dustin Gold with the Dustin Gold Standard right here on pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv. Join the discussion at pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Dustin Gold Standard. My name is Dustin Gold. And you are listening to pain.tv slash gold. Folks, you know what I'm working on? I've got um, this main camera here over at pain.tv slash gold is my iPhone 13, which is why it's nice and crisp. I know the videos get compressed on the pain.tv slash gold site that's to uh, conserve uh, server space for the videos the way Mike Moore and his team, the Young Bucks, do it over there. But I put in another camera over here, and I'm working on putting a seat together for Willie G with a microphone so I could bring him in as the show, as a co-host. I think it'd be funny because now he's uh, 10 weeks old, and he makes all kinds of really interesting noises. And I think it would add a little uh, levity to the darkness here because my mother-in-law is going to be gone in a few weeks going back to poland so my wife works at home also she works remotely and our offices are right next to each other so we're gonna have to switch willie g back and forth so i think i'm gonna put him in this high chair i'm thinking of doing a gold high chair or something for him and he can sit here and when he's giggling and making noises i could switch over to the camera and uh, work him into the show i think it's going to be fascinating folks really He's an interesting little character. I think you guys will like him. He's got a lot of personality, and uh, hopefully he's going to be a rebel. He's going to be a punk rocker, and he's going to rage against the machine, ladies and gentlemen. All right. I'm over at World Economic Forum, weforum.org. And as I said to you, this video, this is uh, Davos AM23, Ready for Brain Transparency. And this was published a few days ago, January 19th. As you know, I don't really like to do breaking news stuff. But as far as I know, this hasn't hit the news. Okay, I don't think many people have covered it because it didn't get posted, as far as I could see over at YouTube, on the World Economic Forum page. So unless you're trolling 
the World Economic Forum website like Maria Albanese's, you wouldn't have come across this. This says, the promise of neurotechnology to improve lives and to gain insight into the human brain is growing. How can we uphold data privacy and personal freedom as we make strides towards a world of brain transparency? That's actually the question. Let me repeat that. How could we uphold data privacy and personal freedom as we make strides towards a world of brain transparency? The answer is you can't. If you want to preserve, let's forget about data privacy. If you want to preserve privacy and personal freedom, then you have to tear down the technological system. We need to go in reverse. All right, folks. Lucky for you, I downloaded the video. uh, And so I am going to play this for you. It is 30 minutes long, so we're going to work through it. I'm going to try not to interrupt too much. The video speaks for itself. Uh, I have to stop every so often for copyright reasons, but I want to get through this in this episode so we can finish up industrial society in its future. But I figured smart pulse, smart dust, and brain transparency. It was good to stick this stuff in here because it makes you appreciate industrial society and its future a little bit more, folks. It puts things back into context because we haven't gotten into a lot of the weirdness of the world we're living in right now in quite a few episodes. And sometimes I figure, hey, I got to stick you with the cattle prod and you got to see what the bad guys are up to while we're over here trying to talk about solutions and talk about leading an ideological revolution against the technological system. This is a reminder of the technological system that you are fighting. Don't get used to living in this, folks, because it ends with the engineering of humanity out of existence. And whoever's left, they get to live in a digital slave state. All right, let's play this now. Hello, everybody. I'm Nicholas Thompson. I'm the CEO of The Atlantic, and I will be your moderator today. We are going to have an incredible session. Star of the show is Nita Farahani. She's a futurist and legal ethicist at Duke, and she's so smart and so... Okay, let me, let me just pause that because I have to always say this. The futurist stuff is nonsense. That's like Ray Kurzweil, the chief engineer at Google. He's been in and around singularity, really kind of coined that phrase, the merger of man and machine singularity. And they call him a futurist because he predicted all these new technologies that come out. These people are not futurists, all right? They are not predicting the future technology. They are not predicting the future growth of technocracy they work in the industry all right they work for the bad guys they are part of the technocracy they are not predicting the future they are just telling you what they're doing at work tomorrow so if they sit here and say we predict that in 2025 we're going to put brain chips in 500,000 people and that's their business model and they're going to do it. They didn't predict anything. They're not a futurist. They're just telling you what they're going to do tomorrow when they go to work. All right, let's make that perfectly clear. So this futurist label, it's such nonsense, folks. Such nonsense. All right, let's continue. Interesting. You're going to learn a ton. This is how it's going to work. We're going to watch a short video. She's going to come on stage and talk. And then we're going to do a little Q&A. Questions from the audience. And that'll be a wrap. And you'll leave enlightened and excited. So first off, a video. Uh, it's going to make you see the future and understand a wonderful future where we can use brainwaves to fight crime, be more productive, and find love. Let's roll. Yeah, yeah. We're going to use brainwaves to fight crime, be more productive, and find love. Yeah, okay. Right. 
Uh, how about we're going to use brainwaves to enslave the masses until the point in which we kill them all? All right, let's continue. You're in the zone. Even you can't believe how productive you've been. Your memo is finished. Your inbox is under control. And you're feeling sharper than you have in a decade. Sensing your joy, your playlist shifts to your favorite song. Sending chills up your spine as the music begins to play. You glance at the program running in the background on your computer screen and notice a now familiar sight that appears whenever you're overloaded with pleasure, your theta brainwave activity decreasing in the temporal regions of your brain. You mentally move the cursor to the left and scroll through your brain data over the past few hours. You can see your stress levels rising as the deadline to finish your memo approached causing a peak in your beta brainwave activity right before an alert popped up, telling you to take a brain break. But what's that unusual change in your brain activity when you're asleep? It started earlier in the month. You send a text message to your doctor with a mental swipe of your cursor. Could you take a quick look at my brain data? Anything to worry about? Your mind starts to wander to the new colleague on your team, whom you know you shouldn't be daydreaming about, given the policy against intra-office romance. But you can't help fantasizing just a little. But then you start to worry that your boss will notice your amorous feelings when she checks your brain activity and shift your attention back to the present. You breathe a sigh of relief when the email she sends you later that day congratulates you on your brain metrics from the past quarter, which have earned you another performance bonus. You head home jamming to the music with your work-issued brain-sensing earbuds still in. When you arrive at work the next day, a somber cloud has fallen over the office. Along with emails, text messages, and GPS location data, the government has subpoenaed employees' brainwave data from the past year. They have compelling evidence that one of your coworkers has committed massive wire fraud. Now, they're looking for his co-conspirators. You discover they are looking for synchronized brain activity between your coworker and the people he has been working with. While you know you're innocent of any crime, you've been secretly working with him on a new startup venture. Shaking, you remove your earbuds. All right, folks. So what you just listened to was a voiceover over a cartoon. Uh, I did not interrupt because I wanted you to hear it. I could have interjected there about 50 times and broke it down for you. But essentially what you're watching is a dystopian cartoon, which is based on what is right around the corner. And you're going to hear this woman talking about it. So this speech is called The Battle for Your Brain. Now, you will recognize that because Dr. James Giordano, one of these creepy military doctors out of the U.S. Naval Academy, we analyzed the speech he gave in 2018 at the West Point Military Academy in front of cadets and staff, and he talked about the brain being the new battlefield. This was not a good guy warning you. It was a bad guy talking about the technologies that the government has and getting all these cadets and staff excited about it at West Point Military Academy. So here at the World Economic Forum, just a couple of days ago, they bring in this woman, they're calling her a futurist, and she is going to talk about how these folks are going to tap your brain. 
without even having to use a Neuralink brain chip. This will be done through a sensor band that you wear on your head or earbuds that you put inside of your ears. This technology is here. You're going to hear her talk about it. Uh, I hate to tell you this, but if you have to start wearing anything like this at work or your kids have to wear something like this at school, I hope you have the balls to stand up and quit. I know a lot of people gave in when it was time to get the vax and they thought they were going to lose their job and they weighed not bringing home a paycheck versus taking poison in their arm, potential poison. Um, But this is it, folks. This is the battle. Are you ready to be a revolutionary or are you going to put this brain strap on your head? This ties right into the transcranial electronic stimulation device helmets that are being developed at the DARPA brain initiative that we've talked about in depth on this show. This is it. It's a non-invasive brain chip. This is accessed directly into your head, ladies and gentlemen. And I'm starting to do research on some of the new augmented reality and virtual reality goggles, seeing if those have any elements that allow them to read or tap in to your brain. And they're not just goggles. They're not just projecting an image in front of your head because I have a sneaking suspicion that this is the beginning of gaining access to your head and the Neuralink brain chip may really just be this uh, red herring. And they're going to actually do this through the AR, the VR, and now these new brain straps and these uh, earbuds that are going to read your brain. Ladies and gentlemen, when I get back, I am, I'm not going to read your brain, really, because I don't have direct access into your head. But you're going to be able to read my brain because I'm going to tell you what my brain is thinking while we analyze our dystopian future through this World Economic Forum discussion on brain transparency and whether you are ready for it ladies and gentlemen i am ready for a short break i'll be right back this is dustin gold with the dustin gold standard right here on pain.tv slash gold you're listening to the dustin gold standard on pain.tv join the discussion at pain.tv slash gold you're listening to the dustin gold standard on TV. All right, folks, we are back from the break. I am Justin Gold right here with Pain.tv slash gold, and you are listening to the Dustin Gold Standard. And we are about to listen to this woman speak. And the topic is the battle for your brain. Let's begin. What do you think? Is it a future you're ready for? You may be surprised to learn that it's a future that has already arrived. Everything in that video that you just saw is based on technology that is already here today. Artificial intelligence has enabled advances in decoding brain activity in ways that we never before thought possible. You've heard a lot about AI over the past few years. Here at Davos, it's been the talk of the hour. But I want to talk about it in a different way, which is the ability to decode brainwave activity. After all, what you think, what you feel, it's all just data. Data that in large patterns can be decoded using artificial intelligence. 
You see how she has to come out and dehumanize folks? You are nothing more than data. All right. And this is why Yuval Noah Harari, you all know him, ladies and gentlemen, king philosopher of the World Economic Forum and the Fourth Industrial Revolution, tells you that you are a hackable animal. You are a useless human. You have no spirit. You have no soul. You have no free will. Those days are over. Those who control the data will be the gods of the new era. That is what Yuval Noah Harari tells you. You know, he's a regular at Davos. Folks were saying, oh, he wasn't there. Something must have happened. Guys, go on YouTube. He's been doing interviews consistently all the way through, you know, a week ago. He's all over podcasts and stuff. So he has not gone away. He's just expanded his footprint. He is looked at as a prophet by many. So they send this woman out to tell you the technology is already here. The prison planet is here. We can already read your minds and you are nothing more than data. Your feelings are data. Your emotions are data. Everything is data, meaning they can read your brain. They can hack your brain. They can manipulate your brain. They can control your brain. Let's continue. Consider this. The average person thinks thousands of thoughts each day. As a thought takes form, like a math calculation, you're happy, you're tired, you're hungry, you're elated. Neurons are firing in your brain, emitting tiny electrical discharges. As a particular thought takes form, hundreds of thousands of neurons fire in characteristic patterns that can be decoded with EEG or electroencephalography and AI powered devices. In fact, what you're seeing here is my brain activity while I'm wearing a simple device like the one on the right. We're not talking about implanted devices of the future. I'm talking about wearable devices that are like Fitbits for your brain. Okay, so for you folks not at the video side on pain.tv slash gold, this psychopath is standing on the stage up on the screen. It's basically a scan of her brain in real time, uh, you know, with pulsing lights and stuff, and different parts of the brain being triggered. And over on the right is someone with a band. It looks like a, one of those, uh, like, a, like a headband type of thing, uh, but across the front of her head, like, you know, a little princess crown. She's walking around wearing this thing, and it's scanning her brain in real time, reading her brain. Let's continue. It used to be that there was very little we could tell from EEG activity. But already, using consumer wearable devices, these are headbands, uh, hats that have sensors that can pick up your brainwave activity, earbuds, headphones, tiny tattoos that you can wear behind your ear. We can pick up emotional states, like are you happy or sad or angry? We can pick up and decode faces that you're seeing in your mind. Simple shapes, numbers, your PIN number to your bank account. It's not just your brain activity here that we can pick up. We can also pick up your brain activity in different places, like as your neurons fire from your brain down your arm and send signals to your hand to tell you how to type, move. All of that can be decoded through electromyography. And that's what you're seeing here is a device now in the form of a simple wearable watch that can pick up that activity. And one of the pivotal acquisitions of the field, Meta acquired this company, Control Labs, in 2019 because major tech companies are investing in helping to make these devices 
universally applicable as the way in which we interact with the rest of our technology. Okay, so she just said Facebook, that's Meta, acquired one of these companies. And up on the screen, she's showing devices that look like the iWatch, the Fitbit, et cetera, et cetera. This technology will be built in to all of those devices if it's not already, folks. Are you a scientist? Are you some technologist? Are you an industrial designer? Have you taken apart a Fitbit? Have you taken apart the iPhone? Have you taken apart an iWatch? Do you actually know what's inside those the metal that you're touching to your skin, do you know what's in this? You don't. Do you know what's in the fancy earbuds and everything else you're buying? No, you don't. None of us do. It's like saying that your doctor told you the vaccine is safe. And I say, really? Well, the exact vial that he drew the liquid out of into a syringe and put into your arm, did he take that vial, put it under his super microscope and run tests on it to tell to show you that it was safe? No, nobody knows what's inside the actual vial and nobody knows what's inside the actual devices. This is why I've told you, ditch the Fitbit, get rid of the iWatch. At bare minimum, we know that they are tracking your blood oxygen levels, your heart rate, and everything else through those devices. It's the same exact technology that everyone is screaming about that they're making bus drivers wear in Hong Kong, in Dubai, and other places to read their emotions under the guise of safety. They are tracking the same exact vital statistics using the smart devices of today here in the United States that they are supposedly on the bus drivers in Hong Kong. The same statistics are tracked on folks' children that they put this smart sock on. It's a device you can buy, right, on Amazon. You put a sock on your kid, and it reads all these vital statistics. It beams it up to the cloud. I've done shows on this. Folks, ditch these devices. You do not need them in your life. You did not need them before they existed. You did not need a Fitbit to go to the gym. If you were using any of this stuff, get rid of it, folks. You are contributing to the data collection, number one. Number two, what they can take out of you, they can put stuff back in. You don't know what kind of pulse they're sending to you. You don't know what kind of sound wave they're sending to you. I've covered this with the military doctors. All right, they can do all types of stuff to you. And if you believe they're not because of some government regulation or they'd be afraid of getting sued, guys, the tech companies, Silicon Valley was started by and propped up by the United States government, the military. They're all one team, ladies and gentlemen, all one team. None of these people are doing this because they love you. They are selling you perceived convenience in trade for your freedom, your liberty, and your human autonomy. That's it. Plain and simple, folks. Let's continue. In fact, the coming future, and I mean near-term future, is these devices being the primary way in which we interact with all of the rest of our technology. Rather than a mouse or a keyboard, you can simply swipe with your mind. Move your hand more seamlessly when you're in VR or AR. Use your brain as the way in which you interact with all of the rest of your technology, which is an exciting and promising future, but also a potentially scary one. Okay, an exciting and promising future, but also a potentially scary one. And you just heard her say when you're wearing your AR VR, you could swipe your hand and it'll make things move around in there. I'm telling you, that technology, as Apple rolls out the AR headsets and stuff, you're going to start to see this is actually built in. 
because it's not going to be able to work unless they have this type of technology built in. Number one. Number two, it, what is promising about this future? There is nothing promising. They are promising you perceived convenience. And because most people are fat and lazy, they are going to buy into this. And these people are going to be tapping into their head and monitoring folks using artificial intelligence. And it's not just about monitoring and collecting data. It's about manipulating and controlling people through their brain. Folks, do not let your kids or your grandkids, your loved ones, your friends fall for this trap. You need to be able to explain this to folks. You are going to have zombified people walking around with the state being able to beam things directly into their heads. You think it's bad enough now with the smart devices in people's hands? You wait until they start pushing this directly into people's heads. You don't even need the Neuralink brain chip with this stuff, folks. Let's continue. Transformative one, one that will change the way that we interact with other people and even how we understand ourselves. Let's take a look. Because it opens up new and dynamic forms of control. This is where some of our core technologies like EMG come into play. Neural interfaces, when they work right, and we still have a lot of work to go here, feel like magic. So if you send a, a control to your muscle saying, I want to move my finger, it starts in your brain, it goes down your spine through motor neurons, and this is an electrical signal. So you should be able to grab that electrical signal on the muscle and say, oh, okay, the user wants to move the finger. What is it like to feel like pushing a button without actually pushing it? That could be as simple as, hey, I just want to move this cursor up or move it left. Well, normally I would do that by actually moving. But here, you're able to move that cursor left. And it's because you and a machine agreed which neurons mean left and which neurons mean right. You're in this constant conversation with the machine. This new form of control, it requires us to build an interface that adapts to you and your environment. Folks, let me just say something. You remember the Neuralink, Elon Musk Neuralink monkey mind pong where the monkey is playing pong inside of its head? And he's drinking a straw with a banana milkshake. And then every time he actually makes the ball move inside of the game using his brain, he actually gets a real banana or he gets extra milkshake. This is it, folks. This is it right here. And they don't even have to implant anything into your head. Let's continue. It's an exciting future, a seamless future. It's a future that has already arrived in many contexts throughout the world and especially in workplaces. So it turns out that one of the most compelling early applications of this technology is to be able to decode at least some simple effective states of individuals that can potentially improve their well-being, potentially improve productivity, but certainly transform what our lives look like in the workplace and in our everyday activities. While we can't literally decode complex thought just yet, there's a lot that we can already decode that's quite relevant for the workplace environment. Consider the fact that right now, many workplaces have individuals who have to be awake and alert at all times in order to do their jobs well. Oh, gee. Oh, gee. What would the world have done for millions of years 
or thousands if you believe in the uh, biblical version of the timeline of the earth. It doesn't really matter. What would humans have done for millions of years? What would have employers have done for millions of years without this technology? Oh, humans have to be alert. They have to be alert. Therefore, we have to tap into their brain now, folks. Tap directly into their brain. Do you see this? Are there going to be people who fall for this? Are you seriously going to bend over at work and take it from these technologists? Honestly, honestly, are you going to let your kids and grandkids do this? Folks, you need to wake people up. This is scary stuff. Let me continue here. Sometimes that doesn't happen. Take this example where this trucker decided to take a 20-hour shot for a 1,500-mile ride, well exceeding the amount of time that any trucker, long-haul trucker, is supposed to drive. His employer didn't discover his choices until the fatal accident that was disastrous for the company and cost many lives. Oh, disastrous for the company and cost many lives. You see how the lives come second when she talks about that. Anyway, she's got a picture up there of uh, always save you know, tractor, trailer, truck, jackknifed, and it ran over a couple of cars, right? So she's going to now tell the story how the brain sensor would have uh, saved lives, and especially the company, folks. But he could have known much sooner. He could have detected whether or not the trucker was entering into the earliest stages of microsleep, starting to go from being alert to tired well before it occurred. And he could have done so through a simple hat, a simple wearable hat that has embedded electrode sensors that would pick up brainwave activity and give a score between one to five to help the employer and the employee know what stage of alertness the person was experiencing and whether or not they were starting to fall asleep. Now you might think, okay, we have driver assist technology in cars already, why do we need this? It's because this happens much sooner, much more accurately, and it gives you the real-time information that you need in order to make choices to intervene before a person. First off, she's so full of it. I don't want to get into this because I don't agree with any technology at this point, but she's so full of it because she's saying that the hat would have warned the employer faster right, that the driver was falling asleep. She just got done telling a made-up story about how a trucker tried to drive 20 straight hours and 1,500 miles. All right, so first off, he'd have to average 75 miles per hour, which is not going to happen. So that was a lie. I knew that was a lie as soon as I heard that. But then on top of it, you know that they have GPS tracker systems inside of these trucks. So if the driver was driving more than whatever the allotted uh, hours is, I don't know what it is now, 10 hours in a 24-hour period, the trucker would have got a call from his boss and the truck wouldn't have been able to start so she's so full of it so anyway she makes up a story to now try to create a problem truck driver breaking the rules and falling asleep into provoking your reaction oh my god those poor three cars that got run over into the solution is let us stick a brainwave into a hat and shove it on the driver's head and uh, be able to radiate his brain and send that back over to his employer so his employer knows when the truck driver is falling asleep let's continue is perilously exhausted and we as a society should want that We should want a technology that enables us to be safer, to all be able to exist in an environment where commercial drivers or individuals who need to be wide awake are wide awake when they're supposed to be. 
No, no, we as a society, folks, I'm telling you, we as a society, I'm in a wild mood right now, so I have to be careful what I say, but we as a society should want to roll this back because the beta males and the freakazoid feminazi women, the Karens and the Kens are now in charge of society. And the way that they are able to do this is through technology. They're building the technological prison around us and they're using technology to be able to control everyone. And unfortunately, the majority of males have been chemically castrated through soy-based products and poisoned GMO foods, cloud-seeding chemtrails, and poisoning of our water, especially putting the water into petroleum-based plastic bottles and then feeding it to the majority of people. So the majority of men are now basically noodle-armed women. And then the men that are still left that are alpha males either have an IQ of six or they're actually uh, neutered from being able to do anything. They're so afraid to speak out because the system will come back and crush and destroy them or their wife will actually kill them. So this is what's going on in our society. So these beta male uh, fruit loops and these freakazoid feminazi women are controlling society and they're able to do it through the technological system. All right. What should happen, what people should want is for us to go back to a primitive society where we could just whack one of these guys upside the head with a tomahawk. Uh, and we would solve the problem. As soon as they stood up and said, we want to control all of you here in the village. You're going to wear a band around your head. Boom, tomahawk. Boom, ball-peen hammer. Seriously, folks. Seriously, this is what's happening. These freakazoid nerds and these weirdos, and on top of it, their dark spiritual underbelly that makes them want to rule over all of humanity until they destroy all of it. That's what we're witnessing, folks. No one should be excited about this future. No one should be excited about continuing to move into the trap of the technological system. Ladies and gentlemen, I need a break from the technological system. I'll be right back. This is Dustin Gold with the Dustin Gold Standard right here on pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv. Join the discussion at pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Dustin Gold Standard. My name is Dustin Gold, and you are listening to pain.tv slash gold. Folks, over the break, I actually started flipping through all the World Economic Forum 2023 stuff. There's some pretty amazing discussions that are going on over there, ladies and gentlemen. I would take a look at that. I wish I could sit here all day and just constantly analyze stuff for you but i can't produce that much content i would not have a voice and i would not have a family because they would leave me but there's all types of interesting stuff i just saw one why indigenous knowledge is critical to credible action on nature yeah what we need to do is become indigenous again that's what needs to happen folks all right let's continue with this uh, psychopath uh, feminazi futurist right here because when they're not, the consequences are disastrous. 
While plane crashes are much less frequent than other forms of accidents, at least 16 plane crashes in the past decade have been attributed to pilot fatigue. Which is probably... Oh, okay. 16 plane crashes in the last 10 years have been attributed to pilot fatigue. Therefore, we need to strap everyone up with a transcranial electronic stimulation helmet. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense, folks. Why people even buy into these arguments is beyond me. Probably why in more than 5,000 companies across the world, employees are already having their brainwave activity monitored to test for their fatigue levels. Whether it's the Beijing-Shanghai line, where train conductors are required to wear hats that have sensors that pick up their brain activity, or mining companies throughout the world, employees are already having their brain activity monitored, and it may wear, it very well may be something that we want to embrace as a society. Okay. You if people do not stand up against this, then I hate to tell you this, they deserve it. All right, if there are blue-collar alpha male men working in a coal mine who are willing to wear a transcranial electronic stimulation construction helmet, then they deserve what they are getting. I, I mean, there is no hope for these people. This is why I said the solution, folks, is to exit the system on your own. You and your family just need to pick up, move to a rural area, and unplug. At a certain point... I think some of you are going to realize that making the hundreds of thousand dollars inside the system to live in a big McMansion in the suburbs, maybe if you've got the money, you just give it all up and you move to a shack in the woods because uh, this stuff is coming, folks. I mean, it's not coming. It's here, but it's going to be rolled out on mass scale. And I'm telling you, it, it's probably already included in many devices that we see. They just haven't flipped a switch and turned it on yet. It was like finding out that your iPhone overnight had a COVID tracker inside of it. Oh, don't worry. You can opt out of it until Friday. Then after Friday, you can't opt out of it. Folks, it's, it's a technological trap. Let's continue. Uh, up on the screen, she has an image there. It says shutter. S-H-U-D-D-E-R. Let's continue. Here. Might be shuttering. Right? That was certainly my first reaction when I discovered that we are tracking brainwave activity in the workplace and that we can do it at all. But I believe we need to have a much more nuanced conversation about it. Because I think done well, neurotechnology has extraordinary promise. Done poorly, it could become the most oppressive technology we've ever introduced in a wide scale across society. We still have the chance to make it right. Okay, she just said it could be the most oppressive technology ever developed, right? It could be. They know that it could be. I told you this in the past, folks. There are no unintended consequences when it comes to technology and the prison slave state system that technology creates. These are all intended consequences. If one of these devices ends up helping someone, and it's a positive for humanity. Let's say the brain chip helps someone who can't speak, speak again. That is, in fact, the unintended consequence. The intended consequence, in fact, is not a consequence. It is what we would call a goal. So the goal is to develop the most oppressive technology ever created by man. That is the goal. The unintended consequence would be is if it actually saved a school bus full of children. 
They are using wizardry when they're explaining this to you, folks. They are using wizardry. They are telling you what the goal is, but they're calling it the unintended consequence. You see how this works? I just taught you how to decode, and I'm not even a QAnon decoder. I'm telling you how to decode the wizard speak that these people use, like Elon Musk saying, AI will destroy humanity. That's why I'm going to build it. He's saying, I am going to destroy humanity. That's what he's telling you. Let's continue. All right. Well, does the same analysis hold true if instead of trying to monitor whether a person is falling asleep or awake, we decide that we want to monitor their attention levels to see whether or not they're paying attention and being productive? I would argue, maybe not. How many of you wear something like an Apple Watch? Fitbit, smart device? Yeah, many people. It's a many billion dollar company. I mean, many billion dollar industry at this point. Wearable devices, quantifiable self is just a widespread movement. Most people are very comfortable with at least some forms of human quantification. In fact, it's become so widespread that most people feel like there's not that much to worry about when it comes to doing something like monitoring your heart rate. But it turns out that that kind of technology in the workplace, particularly when it's used to monitor productivity of employees, where they're moving throughout the factory floor, whether or not they're taking breaks or unscheduled breaks, is the kind of thing that employees resist, unionize against, rise up against, and undermines morale. What we've seen consistently is companies from Amazon to Tesco to Walmart and others have introduced what is considered to be bossware or surveillance technology that employees really don't like it even if it makes their lives better. Okay, well if you don't like your job, just quit. But what if there's nowhere to go? What if everywhere has ubiquitous monitoring? In fact, during the pandemic, what we found was that 80% of companies admitted that they use at least some forms of so-called bossware technology to monitor the productivity of their employees. Whether it's a white-collar uh, employee monitoring what's on their screen or in any other context, surveillance is part of our everyday lives. Surveillance for productivity is part of what has become the norm in the workplace. And maybe with good reason. Well, it's become the norm. I've told you this, folks. We live in a culture of technocracy. It is the culture now. This is why it can't be undone overnight. This is why I keep saying you have to separate yourself. And on the other side, if you want to fight the system, we've been talking about that over the last couple of shows. The solution to fighting the system, not just in your personal life, which would be if you detach from the system, if you go build a homestead, if you grow your own vegetables, if you source local organic products, right? And you do all that, you accomplish all that, you filter your own water, you store it in glass jugs, you're doing everything, and you still want to go out and try to save humanity, then you have to preach the counter ideal to the technological system, which is nature, which is what you moved yourself into. And that's how you will start to wake folks up. But right now, and she's telling the truth that this has been widely adopted. It's part of our culture. We are a culture that is laced with this technocracy. It is, is, I cannot even in my head figure out how you would go about even undoing this. Because one big fix that would change the majority of this would be to have no internet. 
And if you took a poll today, there is not going to be more than a couple percent of people that would actually agree to having no internet. But the internet going down and no satellite internet or connectivity or smart uh, dust flying around in the air, that would put an end to 100% of the stuff that we're looking at, pretty much. No electricity, that would definitely be 100%, but no one is going to agree to that either. Let's continue. Nine out of 10 employees waste time during the workday. They focus on other things. There may be good reasons why we want to be able to find better ways to monitor whether somebody is paying attention or they're doing something different. The newest way to monitor attention is through a device like this one. These are ear pods that are launching later this year. These ear pods, much like the video you watched earlier, are ear pods that can pick up brainwave activity and tell whether or not a person is paying attention or their mind is wandering. Okay, well you might think, fine, but even if we can tell whether a person is paying attention or their mind is wandering, you can't tell what they're paying attention to. You would be wrong. It turns out that you can not only tell whether, whether a person is paying attention or their mind is wandering, but you can discriminate between the kinds of things that they're paying attention to. Whether they're doing something like central tasks, like programming, peripheral tasks, like writing documentation, or unrelated tasks, like surfing social media or online browsing. When you combine brainwave activity together with other forms of software and surveillance technology, the power becomes quite precise. So what do we do with this? What do we do with technology that enables us to monitor brainwave activity for attention? Do we embrace it? Do we resist it? I believe that there is a pathway forward with such technology, but it's putting it in the hands of employees, enabling them to use it for themselves as a choice, whether or not they want to focus, whether or not they want the technology in order to improve their own performance. All right, just pay attention because she's talking about the propaganda adoption campaign. We are going to allow the employees to make the choice if they want to be a slave. This is called free will, folks. Free will. You can have your job or you can lose your job if you don't let us hook you up to the brain microwave. All right, you can have your job or you could not have your job. You can have your job if we hook you up to the brain microwave. See that? We just let you make the choice. But not using it as a measure of their brain metrics to decide whether to fire them, hire them, or to watch for their lagging cognitive decline over time and using it as a way to discriminate against them. We might soon even use the technology to help people wake back up. This is a haptic scarf that MIT Media Lab has developed, which uses brainwave technology in a responsive way to give a person a little buzz, <laughs> literally. A little buzz, F folks, folks. Whew. Oh man, oh man, oh man. I just got a little buzz listening to that. Do you hear what she's saying? You've got this woman up there, a woman it looks like, who knows these days, it could be a boy who identifies as a girl, a girl who identifies as a boy. Clearly, they don't have a brainwave that shocks uh, people back into what they are. They go, let me check your pants, all right? Do you have a penis? You identify as a woman? We're going to shock your brain right back into being a man. You're a man now. They don't have that technology. But this is a scarf, right? It's the equivalent of a dog shock collar. But it's your choice. You can put that on. So when you're at work, 
and you're bored out of your mind and you're wearing your brain reading earbuds uh, and you're at your computer drifting off for a moment because you're doing boring, boring, mindless work that has nothing to do with advancing your life whatsoever other than getting a paycheck to bring food home to your family. If you happen to doze off, we're going to give you a little shock, folks, just a little shock. Just the cattle prod comes out of the scarf and jolts you right into your juggler. Now, how does that feel, folks? Seriously. Seriously, do you see what's going on, ladies and gentlemen? This is World Economic Forum a couple of days ago, and it's not even them. Just like the smart poles, just like the smart dust, this technology is real, it's here, and it's coming your way. You better wake up your kids and grandkids. You better stop worrying about whether or not you're going to seem like crazy mom and dad or crazy grandma and grandpa. You need to frame this stuff as destruction of freedom your kids know what freedom is if they don't ground them for a couple of weeks lock them in their room they will learn what freedom is really quickly and then you explain to them how exactly the system is doing that to them with technology going to work and being shocked with a scarf give me a break ladies and gentlemen i'll be right back this is dust gold with the dust of gold standard right here on pain.tv slash gold you're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Payne.tv. Join the discussion at Payne.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Payne.tv. All right, folks. Welcome back to the Dustin Gold Standard right here on Payne. Dot TV slash gold. My name is Dustin Gold. And folks, we are going to return to this crazy woman uh, talking about the ability to uh, shock this male slash female, whatever it is. I don't even know anymore what these people are that they use in these advertisements. Anyway, this girl, I think it's a girl. She's sitting at a desk. And she's got on a shawl, like an old knitted green, army green shawl. Let's uh, continue here. When their mind starts to wander to help them refocus and hone their attention. There's another pathway forward with this technology, which I find to actually be quite exciting and something that I think companies should be experimenting with. And that is the use of the technology to make the workplace a more responsive workplace to the individual worker. We've all heard the whole idea that robots are coming for our jobs, that there will be no jobs left for humans. With generative AI, I think we have good reason to wonder how we're going to integrate that in ways that keep us relevant and challenged and important uh, in the workplace. This goes without saying, folks, but no one ever points out that the solution to AI and robots taking jobs is not to build AI or robots. Okay, that's the solution. But you know the real solution is singularity, the merger of man and machine. So the only way to present yourself from becoming useless and being rendered uh, just a, a dredge on society is for you to merge with machine. So, I mean, obviously, this is what the technocrats are always talking about. I wonder, because I'm not a futurist, I sit here and I do research on the technologies and I know what's coming, just like she claims to have done. 
Can I get up at the World Economic Forum or TED Talk or something like that and present my theory, which is let's go back to the caves. Let's go back to like a single technological invention, fire. Uh, Can I get up there and make this case, folks? Because every single person in this world, in any position of power or perceived power, all they do is talk about more technology, more technology, more technology, and more technology. And the solution to technology destroying humanity is more technology to outdo the technology, to create the technology, to build the technology, to monitor the technology, to govern the technology, to engineer the technology, to be able to uh, combat the technology that the technology is creating the technology that's causing the problems of the technology. Do you see how it works? It's just this constant loop. And as each new piece of technology comes out, the more problems we have, the more freedom you lose. And it goes on and on and on. Let's continue. But there's a different pathway forward, which is a responsive workplace. One where humans and robots and AI work seamlessly together in order to optimize a better and healthier workplace. In one experiment, Penn State researchers we're able to show that by monitoring brainwave activity with AI in a factory setting, the robot could sense stress levels in the individual and change the speed with which they were giving tasks to the human, calibrating it so that rather than suffering from cognitive overload, it would bring it to levels of cognitive load. Uh, do you see this, what's happening here? This is now moving from technology supposedly making your life better, making the tasks easier, right? So instead of churning butter with your finger, you churn butter with a stick, right? And the, so now you have the stick, that's your piece of technology, that's your machine, it makes it easier and easier to the point now where the robot and the machine is gonna tell the stupid human what to do. You see this? This is, this is how it works, folks. We are entering the point in which the machines and the AI and the robots actually manage the stupid humans. And if you think for a minute that you're going to survive inside of this system, you are crazy. Okay, you are crazy. You will not survive in the system because they will render you to be useless. You already were 100 years ago in the original Technocracy Incorporated documents when you were deemed to be a human engine, an inefficient human engine. With all the food and the oxygen that the system lets you have, you only put 10% of that back into the workforce in the form of work. And so you were rendered to be a drain on society. All right, a drain on the system. This is the beginning here. We can still stop it if people would actually fight back against it, if people would say no, if people weren't afraid of losing their paycheck. You can keep taking the paycheck and you're going to engineer yourself into a ditch, into your own grave. All right, just think of any movie you've seen where you have a doofus digging a ditch with a soldier. Or some guard, some Nazi type standing there with a gun to the guy's head. And the guy sits there like a buffoon and he digs a hole. He digs a big ditch. And then the soldier shoots him in the head and kicks his body into the ditch. The guy dug his own grave. That's what we are doing. No one is standing up against this. No one is speaking out against this. No one is refusing to be barred of this system. And all these companies implementing this against their employees to do what? 
to make products to sell to other stupid humans, to other people that are out there at some other workplace being bossed around by a robot and managed by artificial intelligence. If we allow this to happen, and I'm kind of going off of my theme because I've told you, exit the system and then fight back ideologically. But if we allow this to happen, if the collective allows this to happen, they deserve what they get, folks. This is why some of these people, you are not going to be able to drag them along with you. If they agree to be managed by AI and robots, there is no hope for them anyway. Let's continue. This idea of cognitive ergonomics is what I think is the future of the healthier workplace. A place that adapts to our abilities, slows down when we need to slow down, and helps us to reset so that we don't suffer from endless cycles of stress. In fact, Microsoft recently did a study on uh, employees during the pandemic. Using brainwave activity, they were able to discover a couple of interesting insights. One is Zoom-based or other video-based meetings are more tiring for our brains than in-person conversations. And this is because of misaligned gaze, because of also the way we've scheduled it. People do back-to-back meetings where you have five-minute breaks in between. They also discovered something else that's quite interesting, which is that the different backgrounds for each person is also more stressful for the brain. So they introduced together mode, which has the same shared background for each of the employee, each of the people who are on the screen, which brings down stress levels, all responsive to brainwave activity. These are innovations that can make our lives better. So what's the pathway forward? They're innovations, technological innovations that can make your life so-called better inside the technological system or exit the system. Let's continue. In some ways and in some contexts, surveillance of the human brain can be powerful, helpful, useful, transform the workplace and make our lives better. It also has a dystopian possibility of being used to exploit and bring to the surface our most secret self. It threatens fundamentally what our own self-identity is in some ways and threatens to become a tool of oppression. Okay, she's telling you what the real purpose is. Again, I have to repeat that. She's telling you what the actual goals of the technology are. She started off this conversation, don't forget, by telling you that you mean nothing, that you are just data. And your emotions and your feelings and everything else are just data. So she already reduced you as a human down to a data packet. That's it. That's it. You're just a machine as far as they're concerned. She already told you that. Now she's telling you that this is going to bring a dystopian future where you won't even have any self-worth anymore. Nothing. You identify as just another machine that they're plugging another machine into. That is it. She's telling you the goal. Let's continue. But we can make a choice. We can make a choice to use it well. We can make a choice to have it be something that empowers individuals, that helps them gain insights into their own mental health and well-being, improves their own productivity and wellness, and sets them on a pathway where, like quantifying your heart rate or other kinds of health, it can be something that unlocks potential for humanity. We can't decode speech, and we may never decode full thoughts from the brain using simple wearable devices. But that doesn't mean that there isn't a lot we can already decode. There isn't a lot that we will not be able to decode in the coming days. As AI becomes more powerful, as the sensors become more powerful, more and more of what's in the brain will become transparent. 
I believe we have to start by recognizing a right to cognitive liberty. This is a right to self-determination over our brains and mental experiences. It requires that we update existing international human rights like freedom of thought, mental privacy, and self-determination over our own mental experiences. All right, folks. So the system, the state that's going to build the technology, release the technology, enslave humanity, is then going to focus on writing a new constitution of cognitive liberty and give you back your liberty from the slave system they just built. If you buy that, ladies and gentlemen, if you buy that, then plug yourself in to this matrix because you deserve it. You deserve it if you actually believe this. If you believe the state is going to govern its own dystopian technology in order to give you back the freedom that they are stealing from you with the very technology, they are going to limit the abuses they're allowed to make with the technology that's designed to abuse you, designed to enslave you, then you are in fact crazy. Plug yourself into the system. But that's not enough. We have to do more and corporations have to adopt best practices for the implementation of this technology. That requires being transparent about what data is being collected and for what purposes. Focusing on positive uses for employees to improve their workplace productivity, increase safety, and decrease the burdens on individuals. We also have to be mindful of the changing landscape of biometric laws as this information becomes part of the workplace environment and decide to move forward in a way that is best for humanity using the technologies and ways that enable us on a pathway forward rather than oppress us. I think that's a possibility we can still choose. I hope it's one that you'll join me in choosing. Oh, yeah, I'll join you in choosing that. This woman is not a futurist, ladies and gentlemen. She is the HR department for the technocracy. She is sitting there, and her job is to talk to the humans and get them on board with selling out their dignity, their autonomy, their liberty, and, of course, their very humanity. Ladies and gentlemen, I'll be right back. This is Dust Gold with the Dust Gold Standard right here on pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Payne.tv. Join the discussion at Payne.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Payne.tv. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to pain.tv slash gold. My name is Dustin Gold. And of course, you are listening to the Dustin Gold Standard. And how do I know that, folks? Because you're wearing a brain transparency device, and I can read your mind. All right, let's continue with this woman, ladies and gentlemen. I was monitoring all of your brainwaves, and I could tell that you were all engaged, though most of you were scared out of your socks. <laughs> is there any possibility, one of the things that's interesting, is there any possibility that this technology could work while not actually touching your skin? Right? Like right now, you have to make a choice to put on a headset or a hat or something in your ears. Is it possible that the WEF could have it in the ceiling? Um, no. Uh, not for brainwave technology, but it is possible to disrupt brainwaves remotely. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, there 
you know, if you've heard of Havana syndrome, Havana syndrome is a belief that people have suffered from the leading theory is that it's targeted microwave activity at brains to disrupt brainwave activity. There's no proof of it yet, but there's at least a couple dozen cases where there isn't a good explanation for why the individual suffered from disruption of mental abilities. And there's certainly a lot of investment in trying to figure out whether you could target the brain remotely. It's much more difficult to figure out how you could read the brain remotely. Let's get to that because I think it's one of the most important and crucial questions about how this develops. And by the way, raise your hands. I'm just going to ask this question and then we'll move to the audience. You, you talked at the end. At the beginning, you said we won't be able to read complex thoughts. It seems as though we can understand emotions. There's some way you can recreate some images inside your head. Where does this ex explain where we'll be in one year, where we'll be in five years, and where you would estimate we'd be in 10 years in the complexity of thought and emotional understanding that you can have from sophisticated brainwave readers? So, you know, I'm, I am a futurist. I'm not a perfect predictor of the future, but I'll give you my one year, five year, 10 year. So, focusing in the world of wearable technology as opposed to implanted technology, and I do believe that within many of our lifetimes, we'll see healthy people using implanted brain technology as well. Then we can decode complex thought. But wearable brain technology, I think in one year, we will be largely where we are now, but with much better form factor technology. Yeah. So many companies are launching these earbuds and headphones this year that have sensors that are built in. One of the things that has limited the widespread adoption of the technology until now has been that you have to wear something like across your forehead. Most of us aren't gonna do that. But when it's the same device that you're using to take calls from and also to listen to music from that also is picking up brainwave activity, it's integrated into your everyday life. All right, see that? So that's the adoption campaign she's talking about there. They're going to make it simple for you to be a digital slave. Folks, you better reject this stuff. Let's continue. Because of that, the decoding will largely be in the same place a year from now. But as healthy people in a widespread way start to have their brainwave data collected, the insights that we can gain through pattern recognition will exponentially increase and pretty quickly. So five years from now, what we can actually decode will be massively increased from where we are today simply because we'll have a much greater data set from which we can actually create those correlations. Again, that's frightening but promising because think about most of neurological disease and suffering are those disruptions of brain activity which we'll start to be able to pick up. 10 years from now, even wearable technology I don't think is gonna decode complex thoughts um, but it is going to decode a lot more. And already, gamers have figured out, for example, while person, a person is wearing a headset, how to you know, uh, prime a person through their brainwave activity to be able to decode their PIN number and their home address. So you don't have to have your full complex thought decoded to reveal your thoughts, right? It just it gets at what we think thought is. And how do you decode somebody's PIN number? You flash a series of numbers and see how their brain reacts to them? So you have recognition memory signals that are pre-conscious and subconscious, and this is part of why it's been used, for example, by governments to interrogate criminals. Do you recognize this potential co-conspirator? Do you recognize yeah. um, you know, this murder weapon? Those pre-conscious signals, like what we call the P300 wave or the N400 wave, these are before you even consciously process information. So you could prime it with a number and then see if a person recognizes it. Um, and you can do it without them realizing that that's what you're doing. So will all of our passwords be cracked first by this or quantum computing? Hard to tell. All right. Uh all right, folks, let's pause for a second there. Let's pause for a second there. All right. You see what she's uh, talking about? This is all real, by the way. Okay, so 
when you're talking to your friends, trying to explain this to them and say you're a conspiracy theorist, you're not. This is this is all real. I could spend dozens of shows on this, digging down into everything she was just talking about. But you understand, like with all that going on, with everything that's being fed into your phone, even when you're looking at it, when you take into account the personalized choose your own adventure feedback loops we've talked about here on the show. Do you understand in this technological system, you actually have no chance uh, for survival? You cannot escape the system from within the system. The, the technology, you could never keep up with it. You don't know what it's doing. You could be getting hacked from all different places, mind controlled, you know, having your mind bent. I mean, th- there is no escaping the system from within the system. There's no stopping it. We're not reforming it. I mean, this is a conversation on reforming and governing it. All right, this is the best you're going to get. This is it. This is the type of woman who gets to draft up legislation, bring it to Congress, and the congressmen pass it, and they'll call it the cognitive constitution of liberty rights of employees wearing brain devices strapped to their head or shoved into their ears. That's it. That's the best you're going to get within the system. So tomorrow when you show up at work and they tell you in the call center that you're going to shove these earbuds in your head, don't worry, you can listen to music. Don't worry, you can uh, make your calls on them, but we're going to be tracking your brain waves and analyzing your thoughts. Don't worry, not complex thoughts, just simple thoughts. We're just going to know when you're drifting off. We're going to know when you're thinking about your boyfriend or your girlfriend or whatever. Don't worry about that. Don't worry about that. Just put the earbuds in. What are you going to say? Are you ready to say no to these people? Let's continue with some questions from the audience, then we'll wrap this up. Moving past passwords pretty pretty quickly. <laughs> and I saw a hand go up. It's really good for passwords. Neural signatures are unique. We can use it as a biometric for passwords. Oh, wonderful. Right here in the front. Oh, and by the way, um, we need to get you a microphone. There are folks watching, so hold on. There we go. All right. Uh, yeah. Come on, pal. This Hurry is up. amazing stuff. Thanks. And there is a ton of need for government rule setting in this. Oh yeah, a ton of need for government rule setting. So the government that sponsors all this technology is then gonna government to protect you. How about the answer is, let's get rid of the technology, let's get rid of the government. I mean, Sarah, it's not gonna happen, I'm just putting it out there, folks. The government is the one that sponsors all of this. We know all the technology they're talking about grows out of programs like DARPA's Brain Initiative that goes all the way back to at least the 1970s. We know this comes out of MK Ultra mind control programs that were taking off right after World War II ended. And Sidney Gottlieb, the CIA's chief chemist, was trained by the Nazi torturers and the Japanese torturers. I mean, come on, folks. The government is going to protect you from the government? Give me a break. Um, not to be pessimistic on it, but having worked in government and seeing the number of things that government needs to try and get ahead of. Right. Uh, I am pessimistic that government is going to be on this. Yes. You know, if you were, at, I mean, for instance, the World Economic Forum and you were speaking to leaders from across the globe right now, what would your advice be to them in terms of how to not F this up um, as yeah. this continues to go fast? Thank you. It's an important question. Um, so first of all, I, I think it's almost impossible to keep up with any kind of regulation with the rate at which the technology is advancing. This title, The Battle for Your Brain, refers to the book that I've written on the same topic. All right, pause there. You heard what she said. 
So even if you believe the government's going to protect you, government regulation cannot keep up with the speed of technology. This is why industrial society and its future is so important and why I've spent a lot of time on it, folks. Because if you want to know the truth and you don't want to just sit here and lie to yourself and play games and run yourself in circles... The answer is that the technological system has to be torn down. I mean, if you want to save all of humanity, if you want to save yourself and your family, you need to exit the technological system. But with technology advancing so quickly in so many different areas, there is no way to reform it. There's no way to stop it. There's no way to prevent any of this from happening. It's going to lead us towards the destruction of humanity. So the first step, honestly, is to separate yourself from the system. And then you have to begin to wake up more people to want to separate themselves from the system because the system is going to continue to grow. This will not be regulated and this will not be slowed down. It's going to keep moving at a faster and faster uh, pace. And as technology continues to get better and to grow, it's just going to grow faster and faster until the point in which it hits exponential growth, which is then you reach this point what Ray Kurzweil, chief engineer at Google, calls singularity where AI becomes smarter than man, which, who knows, we're probably close to that. And then once it's smarter than man, we're forced to merge with it. Well, what is this when you're putting earbuds in your head? What is this when you're wearing the iWatch? What is this when you're wearing the Fitbit? You're merging with it. You're merging with the machine. You've already fallen for the trap. Let's continue. Um, And in it, I propose this right to cognitive liberty as a default starting place. That gives, I think, all of us a starting place for how to think about it, changing the default rules to give people a right to self-determination over their brains and mental experiences. We don't have to wait for human rights to be updated to operate as if we have cognitive liberty. And the way we do that is by recognizing, if we start by saying people have a right to freedom of thought, a right to um, self-determination over their brain and mental experiences, and a right to mental privacy, then when you're in the workplace and you're deciding to monitor, You're going to monitor just for fatigue levels, even though you could capture and figure out, oh, this person has amorous feelings. You're going to do data minimization and best practices that respect the autonomy of the the individual. You're not going to try to disrupt their thought patterns in order to make them more productive, recognizing they have a right to freedom of thought. And so I think it's about operating as if we have those set of freedoms and liberty in every way that it's rolled out in society. Folks, we already have cognitive liberty, somewhat, somewhat. You're being manipulated all the time through TV and your phone and everything else, but we already have cognitive liberty. So they're inventing a technology that's going to disrupt the cognitive liberty and then telling you that they're going to self-govern the technology to allow you to continue to have cognitive liberty, meaning the technology is designed to take away your cognitive liberty. So they have to tell you they're not going to take away your cognitive liberty until they take away your cognitive liberty. Do you understand this? Put the earbuds in your head. That's the end, ladies and gentlemen. That's the end. Your autonomy is gone whatsoever. It's already pretty much gone. But this is you directly giving it to them. This is all revelation of method. This is what part of what World Economic Forum exists for. They're telling you what they're going to do. If you go along with it, then you did it on your exercising of your own free will. Meaning you turned over your freedom, your liberty, and your human autonomy to them willingly, willingly. Therefore, they have the right to do whatever it is they're going to do to you because you gave it up. 
you gave it up to them. You could have quit your job. You chose to get vaccinated. That's on no one but you, but I'll lose my job. Oh, well, folks. Oh, well, that's the choice you make. No one held you down, strapped you to a gurney, and shoved the needle in your arm. At the end of the day, it was your choice. Let's continue. Speaking as a CEO, I'm sure all CEOs will use it completely responsibly. The woman uh, in blue in the front here. And and let me just bring this up because it's important. So if you say, well, I need the job. Well, you need the job to turn your labor into food coupons to continue to pay your mortgage, your car payments, whatever else it is you're doing, maybe your kid's college tuition. Well, guess what? Those are all things that operate inside the technocratic system. These are all constructs of the technocratic system. So by you saying, I need to get the vaccine to keep the job, to get the food coupons, to pay for these things, you made a conscious choice to continue to live inside the technocratic system because you were willing to take the shot in trade for continuing to live inside the construct of the technological system. That was a choice you made. You could have chosen to say no and exit the system. Sell whatever you have, buy 10 acres in West Virginia, move there, and then go figure out what you're going to do with your life. But you chose because you were panicked and you didn't want to lose all these things that you've acquired inside the materialistic construct of the technocratic system. You chose to stay within the system. You have no one to blame for yourself at that point. I mean, we can blame these guys, the bad guys. They're the ones who force you into the situation. Most people, the vast majority, 99.999% don't understand what I just said. So it's hard to blame them. I'm just saying, if you're out there in the audience looking for answers, I always say, look in the mirror first. You've got to look in the mirror. And you've got to say, how much of this am I willing to put up with? Where is my line in the sand? Where do I draw this line that I'm not going to cross? We were caught off guard with COVID land, the high school theater production, but moving forward, you have no one to blame but yourself for this. Honestly, you point the finger at them. We know they are the problem. We know what they want. We know what they're trying to do to us. Now, if you continue to move forward into the trap, you have to start to blame yourself at a certain point. All right, let's continue. Hi, I'm Julie. I'm one of the world. I'm the world's first online harms regulator um, out of Australia, um, and um, this was mind blowing. But you might have known that. Um, but I, I do think this is an issue where we can't leave companies to their own devices on these devices. Um, and there are principles like safety by design and privacy by design that are largely voluntary. But we just can't be sure, unless there are uh, standards and regulations, that um, these guardrails are going to be erected because we're still in the era of moving fast and breaking things. And I loved that you um, you had the positive use cases, and I was just thinking with the motor neurons and people who are disabled and could wear haptic suits and you could have sensation that you've never had. But I also work with women who experience technology-facilitated abuse as a form of coercive control. And most of that is low-tech. It's, it's, um, it's text, it's love bombings, it's gaslighting. Think if a perpetrator um, got a hold of, um, can really coerce the brain. Yeah. So um, I, I, I do hope that you are calling for governments to, to think ahead and be anticipatory and start engaging, not not to um, stop innovation, but um, to be responsible and ethical. Um, and I, I don't know that we can rely on companies in this distributed world 
I wholeheartedly. Okay, so this woman starts off seeming like she's going to talk against it, and then she goes right back to it. Well, let's not stop innovation. Uh, we can't trust these companies to govern themselves, but we can trust the government to regulate it. The government is the one funding these companies. The government allows the companies to actually exist. The technology grows out of incubators that are created by and funded by and staffed by the very government that people think are going to come in and regulate this. It only leads me to believe either these questions are plants or these people obviously want this stuff. This woman starts off pretending she's against it. And by the time she's done, she talked herself into saying, let's not stop the innovation. Let's ask the government to regulate it. Let's see what this wicked witch has to say. I agree, right? So I, I, I'm giving you the positive use cases because what I don't want the reaction to be is let's ban this, right? But I do think that the most important thing we can do is to start with a different set of default rules. And that default rule is, the right to cognitive liberty is a right of individuals, is a fundamental right to what it means to be human. And that as a starting place for the implementation of the technology is very different than how we've thought about any other technology. But I if we have cognitive liberty, then the only answer would be to ban the technology. That's the only answer. You don't say we have cognitive liberty. Now let's move forward with a device that removes cognitive liberty. You say we have cognitive liberty. We are banning this technology. See, it's not going to happen, right? It's not going to occur. I'm just pointing out to you how they use this wizard talk to confuse you. So they're going to give you something that is your human right, cognitive liberty. So they're going to now give it to you. They're the, they're the owners of it. So they're going, here, we're giving you cognitive liberty. Now put the earphones in your head, and we promise we're not going to take away the cognitive liberty that we just gave you. Right. Come on, folks. Come on. I believe that the brain is so fundamental to our sense of self and the freedom of thought is so fundamental to what it means to be able to flourish as a human being that unless we start... She already started the conversation 30 minutes ago telling you that being human was nothing more than data, that your uh, thoughts, your feelings, all of this was just data. She already reduced you to a machine, and now she's going to sit here and say she sees the brain that just creates data as being uh, human. She has no respect for humanity whatsoever. Don't let her fool you. This woman is an anti-human transhumanist, ladies and gentlemen. It is clear clear as day with the default rule it really could become the most oppressive technology that we've ever unleashed meaning we are building the most oppressive technology and we are going to unleash it on you that is the wizard talk 100 decoded for you we are building this oppressive technology the most oppressive technology of all time and we are going to unleash it on humanity I don't want that because I also think it can be the most empowering technology that we meaning she wants it. That's what she's saying. Ever realized if we do it right. But it's a call to action. It's a call to do it right now by adopting a universal right to cognitive liberty. She's calling for the advancement of it. That's what she just said. She said she's calling for us to adopt some fake made up cognitive liberty right, which we all have as humans to begin with, so that they can now take it away from you.
That's what she's doing. This is clear as day, ladies and gentlemen. All right. That was World Economic Forum, Brain Transparency. Tomorrow, we're going to continue with industrial society and its future. The revolution against the technocratic system is going to make a lot more sense to you, I think, now that we looked at smart poles and smart dust and these new brain devices, folks. You will understand why it is so pressing that you start to make moves to exit the system. At the same time, it's pressing that you leave us a five-star review at Apple Podcasts along with a comment. Join us at pain.tv slash gold for less than $9 a month. And think about leaving us a donation at donorbox.org slash Dustin Gold Show. Get some skin in the game. If you value this show, please show us you care. Donorbox.org slash Dustin Gold Show. I'll be back tomorrow for episode 140. Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Dustin Gold of the Dustin Gold Standard right here on pain.tv slash gold. The Matrix is a computer-generated dream world built to keep us under control in order to change a human being. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Ping.tv. Join the discussion at Ping.tv slash gold.